everyone knows how to play poker. 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 But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts, Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Thanks for being with us, everyone. We uh, head into the holiday season here in South Florida, and uh, a little coolness outside, which it is nice is. for us there. Uh, just stepped outside for a second, and it feels nice and cool. We, we like it when it gets down to 62. Although the, most of the rest <laughs> of the country is saying we're a bunch of wusses if we think yeah, this course. is cool. Of course. But uh, nice, beautiful weather. Uh, not a cloud in the sky today. It was just gorgeous and uh, a great time today. Um, of course, uh, we're heading into the holiday season. We want to wish all of our... Uh, Jewish listeners, a happy Hanukkah as it comes around the, I guess, next week starts. And, of course, the Christmas holidays uh, for for people. And, of course, the New Year. I'm going to be doing a couple of bowl games, uh, working on the crew for ESPN uh, Radio for two of them, ESPN Radio. and then uh, Which one, bowl one games, game. Big Dave? I'm working a bowl game tomorrow night down here in Boca Raton. Oh, okay. The yeah. Boca Bowl, which is uh, UAB against Northern Illinois. And then uh, headed up to Orlando for the Camping World Bowl, followed by New Year's Eve in uh, Memphis for the Liberty Bowl. Very nice. So looking forward to trips there. So you'll be bringing in the New Year in Memphis. Yes, I will. Uh, I was there four years ago. I think I told you the story before. Um, Beale Street is just a great scene, and I was out on Beale Street on uh, New Year's Eve. And uh, a pretty girl, a big girl. Uh, kind of stumbling down the street with her entourage there, and I uh, got a good look at her, and I said, that's Khloe Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she was dating Lamar Odom at the time, and I think that was his last year in the NBA for the Memphis Grizzlies, so uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, but uh, people are, it's very, uh, has a very New Orleans-type vibe, of course, a lot of blues music. Uh, which I Memphis, love. Which is fantastic. I'm, I'm more of a fan of blues than jazz. Yeah, so. they, had, they, they had this great T-shirts. Uh, I bought one of them there. It said, uh, not white, not black, just the blues, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. Anyway, uh, looking forward to that uh, later in the year. But we'll have a couple of best of shows over the next two weeks. Uh, Gio will be putting those together for us. And we'll have some of the uh, earlier interviews from the year. I'm sure I'll have uh, Sherry Bykofsky on there and Stephen Blay and a few of the other people that joined us this year. And uh, yeah, we'll, Sherry we'll was the great. Chris Moneymaker interview as well, even though we only played it about uh, a month ago. Yeah, well, listen, we've had a lot of great guests this year, and, uh, you know, Sherry was definitely probably my favorite of this year. Yeah. I loved her book, and she was kind enough to send me an autographed copy of it. We had her on twice, and... Um, we'll have her back next year. Too. She was wonderful. She really was. Anyway, uh, that's all coming up here the last part of the month, but a lot of big tournaments. Uh, we'll talk about a couple of those. Of course, uh, some of the biggest ones in the world uh, get underway in uh, January. The uh, PCA in the Bahamas, and also the Aussie Millions, uh, the latter part of the month that goes into February. So uh, they are making some improvements in those tournaments, and we'll talk a little bit about that. But I wanted to start off with a couple of results, and uh, one that kind of uh, struck a vibe with me was the WSOP circuit event in Los Angeles at the bike. Uh, a fella, mine and Joe's age, he's 58, maybe just, he's even just a tad younger, younger than, than us. Younger than us, yes. He's Slightly youngster. younger. He's a youngster. But he's a <laughs> recreational player that uh, has a business, uh, is an entrepreneur from Calif- Southern California, lives in the L.A. area, um, and plays some poker in several different places. He drove over to Vegas to play... 
Uh, it doesn't say the exact tournament, but he played a couple of prelim events. I'm guessing it's probably the uh, Bellagio event, uh, the, the Five Diamond Classic. But he played four tournaments, and he finished fifth in two of them. Nice. So not bad. A, a nice little uh, minor paydays for him, enough to come back and buy into the circuit event uh, in his hometown at the, at the Bicycle Casino. Uh, $1,700 buy-in, 547 players. He ended up winning, which is pretty cool. $174,000. I was just going to say, it had to be a pretty nice payday over 150 so Absolutely. His first circuit ring in an open event, and he has won a seniors event in the past. He won a circuit ring at the seniors event at Bally's in 2016, but uh, he only went 13000 for that. This one was about uh, 15 one, times yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was great because, you know, he talked a little bit about uh, the time he plays and how it's uh, brought him a little closer to his sons who are starting to play the game and he said he's not much of a teacher, but he tries to help them when he can. But he had a great quote uh, after uh, finishing fifth in two of those tournaments. He said, even when I finish fifth, he goes, now I'm not happy. He laughed and said, he said, uh, I, play, I play these for fun, and I realize that most of the time I'm just not going to be happy. Except now. I'm very happy. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because once you've come in fifth, and I don't know what the en- the, um, you know how many entries there were, but I'm sure it was at least a few hundred, you know, you, you start getting that feeling that you think you're good enough to win these. Right. And now just finishing in the money and maybe getting, a, you know, in the top 20, you know, making the final two or three tables isn't isn't good enough anymore. That's not enough of a joy exactly. for you. Well, no one realizes it more than me because I interview players and uh, they get knocked out at the final table. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, what a great accomplishment. Made the final table. Got a nice payday. Uh, but they're never ha- they aren't happy, you know, because unless you win, you're not happy for the most part. Seems like. Well, at the very be- well, I don't know if that's true at the very beginning because I remember when I was playing a lot online. There was one particular tournament. It wasn't for a lot of money, but first place was a decent, or was a very good payoff compared to what you the buy-in was. And I remember making the final table. You know, the first time I made that final table, I think I got knocked out. You know, in eighth place, and okay, that was good. And once again, like this gentleman, all of a sudden. And as I got closer, and I remember getting to third place and then getting real frustrated. Instead of being happy and the payday, the payoff was very nice again for the small amount of money that the buy-in was in. Then I got to second. Then it became a mission. And yeah, what I'm telling exactly. you, a mission to win this thing. And to this day, it's the longest. I got heads up with a gentleman. And, you know, online uh, and most places, when you're playing one of these tournaments, they now break at five of the hour. They give you a break no matter what. Right. And we went through, heads up, we went through two breaks and half of another one before I was able to finally win the tournament. And the joy that I felt just because I said, you know, that was my mission. I was so happy to finally make a final table a few months earlier. And as I made a few more final tables and kept inching up to six fifth and then like I said third place pissed me off and I can't even tell you what the things I was saying when I when I lost the first time that I lost when I was heads up and lost and I was like I I couldn't wait to get back into the tournament and it took maybe about a month after that before I finally took it down and then I took it down twice more within a month so yeah I understand that very much no longer was a final table anything of joy you know which 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. All I know is it, it made me very determined to win right, one of these tournaments. Right. Well, I played in a tournament last Tuesday night. It was a $100 buy-in horse tournament at the Isle. And uh, they usually have their horse tournaments uh, 11 a.m. or 10 a.m., you know, and everybody's over How seven, many entrants 70. usually? Um, I don't know. They said that that same day there, there was one at the Seminole Hard Rock, there was only eight entries. But we had 23, as it turned out. Okay. It was an evening tournament, and I think they're going to have a lot more uh, mixed game tournaments in, at night because a lot of people missing out on them that can't come during the day. So I had a great time. I, uh, I finished seventh. I didn't make any money. They ended up... It was they were only paying the top three spots. Yeah, because of twenty three people being in it. I read the next day that they actually paid four cause because they, they chopped, made a deal. They made a deal at the yeah, table. You, so. you seem to just always fall short I, of those I'm, I'm deals, Big Dave. I'm good at that. <laughs> but I was kind of carrying along with a fairly small stack, and I, I really wasn't knew I wasn't going to make the money. But I had a tremendous time, met a lot of cool people, and uh, really enjoyed it. It was it was fun, and I'm I'm really making it uh, a point that now that I'm. Uh, been doing a little better financially and can throw away $100, $150 here and there. I'm going to play a few Don't more tournaments. Don't say throw away there, well. sir. You know, that's one of my bad peeves when you say that. You throw it in there, even if you don't win, if you get an education from it and improve from it, it's 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 money well spent. Well, I won a single table sit-and-go one time, but as far as multi-table tournaments, I've never cashed. But you had a pretty decent cash online in Vegas when you went once for the main, like yeah. during that time frame that you went, you, you, you did very well on an online there. Right. I remember how excited you were to tell us about it when you came back to South Florida. Well, in a live multi-table tournament uh, of any persuasion, I, I have not yet to cash. So Really? Uh, and I've, in a big one that where you bag up and come back the next day, I've never bagged. You've never I've gone never to bagged, the bag? Yeah. So. Uh, so 2019, that's uh, that's my that's goal. One of your play goals? a few more tournaments and bag a tournament for the second day, and uh, cash uh, something here and there. All right. So now we know, folks. That's uh, <laughs> one. In, uh, you know, New Year's resolution, poker resolution, one and two for Big Dave. But it's fun because uh, you know I had one. Of the young, there was a young guy there, and he said, "Are you, are you Dave?" And I go, "Yeah." He goes, "Oh, I, I know who you are." And uh, a lot of people read the uh, my my column in the. Uh, any up magazine has so. has anyone ever come up to you like like I mentioned a little over a couple of years ago that I had a gentleman when I was working at Dania that came up and goes, "Are you Joe Rodriguez from the Poker Action Line show? Have you had anybody from yeah, the show? Yeah, a couple people. Your I've face is people. seen in your article right, and, right. And when you when you do the Annie up and and for many years you did a standalone column that doesn't even include all the all the other columnists in the south. Right. The south. Well, I, I never felt that I really had the patience to try to play for a living or to try to try to go out there and play some sort of circuit. But, uh, you know, it's uh, when you have fun, you don't always need to make a lot of money. It can be a really entertaining part of your life. It is. It, it's, and I tell people who don't want to go through that trouble, I said, look at it as going out to the theater, to a night out at dinner. And, you know, what makes it even more enjoyable, as, as you say, and as this gentleman said, is if you make a very deep run in one of these tournaments and, you know, you you, you kind of get all that money that you've spent in all the other tournaments leading up to this and you kind of say hey you know maybe this is maybe this is working out a little bit better than i thought it would it's a little right. more enjoyable well his name is steven spunt s p u n t and uh he defeated david lambard head to head play steven foreman was third jason brawl was fourth and uh as far as big names craig varnell is a pretty well known guy he finished sixth and vince moscati was seventh ian steinman was eighth that was the circuit event 
Uh, we also had a couple tournaments here in the last uh, few days. Uh, you know, between uh, last week's show and, and tonight, the Isle Casino uh, finished up their Isle Classic. And uh, the winner of that one was uh, Jeff Trudeau, who's a local player here. He's pretty well known in this area. He was the winner. Elliot Zeidman finished second. He's, uh, I'm sure you've seen him before. He's, uh, he's a Russian guy that uh, everyone calls him uh, Commandant, I think they call him, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Elliot Zeidman was second. Hunter Sishi, who uh, has a book out and does some uh, instructional uh, Online videos, he was third. He's from Michigan. Uh, that was the top three in the Isle Casino. Uh, we'll just give props to the guys who uh, cashed in my tournament. Michael Daw, who's from Eldred, New York. Greg Weiss from Delray. Andrew Dare, nice kid from uh, Boca. And Ryan Steele from Pompano. So uh, those are the tournaments I think I'll focus on. Uh, as uh, Ken Lambert, uh, who is running the room there now, kind of has continued some of the uh, interesting things that uh, Stan did and added a few other twists and has really made that a nice, uh, fun room. Obviously, with all his connections of so many years of being in the business, uh, you know, you talked about the uh, Rabbi Kane's tournament, uh, the, uh, the charity event. He brought in Phil Hellmuth for and that. Uh, Johnny Chan was there. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if with these tournaments that he's doing now, because you know, they used to always have you know their forte was having nice amounts of entries into these tournaments when right. Mike Smith started mm-hmm. it, and and then it moved they're doing over. good. They're making their, they're making I'm, their I'm, guarantees. I'm, I'm having a feeling that Ken may may bring that back up again. Well, we're hoping. We're hoping. Uh, anyway, national tournaments. Uh, last week we talked about the. Five Diamond Classic, which is the big one that's played at the Bellagio. And Dylan Lindy was the winner of that one. Uh, 1.6 million. They had, uh, I don't know, I didn't get a number. I guess they had, uh, no, I didn't get a number on the number of players there. But it was a nice turnout uh, for that one. And a a nice final table, uh, Andrew Lichtenberger, uh, Lucky Chewy, was third in that event. Lisa Hamilton was fifth. Barry Hutter, who is, lives down here, I believe in South Florida, was sixth at the final table there. So that will be a televised tournament as they finish things up is and will be on uh, the season next year for the WPT. I want to ask you, was it Andy that won the PCA once a while back against that crazy player? Was that him? No, that was uh, that was Galen, uh, Galen Hall, I think. Oh, the gentleman who had the same name as the Florida yeah. football coach? Because, yeah. uh, you know, when you mentioned that, for some reason that brought back... That that great heads up match that he they was had, in, and, and I don't remember in. the name of the guy who came in second. Who the whole Oliver's, call, Oliver's, Oliver's okay. Has he done much since? No, no, because you know that that was that crazy run, the aggressiveness that he had, and somehow lost in the finals. He, you know, he was living a very charmed life up until then, and then uh, Galen just played phenomenal. Yeah, that was that was phenomenal great. Phenomenal you know, that, when about they were seven or eight years up. ago. Yeah, that's it's still one of those tournaments that sticks in my mind because of what this gentleman Oliver did to get there, you know, to get to that final table and to get to the heads up position and then that one particular hand that could have taken Galen Hall out and he was able to make what I still consider to be one of the greatest reads and when he was asked about it, to this day, it still amazes me. He was like, yeah, to me it was quite obvious. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of respected top-notch pros, you know, more than I think 75% of them said, I don't know how he didn't lose all his chips on that particular hand. And, you know, 
that just goes to show how smart some of these players are. And we've kind of talked about some similar scenarios like this that some people have written articles about getting right. to read on your opponents. Right, absolutely. Uh, some of the things I wanted to talk about tonight, uh, a couple of the interesting prop bets that we were discussing uh, yeah. have come to conclusion. The, oh, Oh, those people didn't survive that. Well, we'll, we'll tell you about that story. Uh, it, it, there was an early buyout, but it uh, might not be what you thought it was going to be. So really? We'll get to that really? when we return. Okay. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and we'll talk about uh, the the deprivation uh, prop bet. That's the one that come back I'm and very curious about. Another so. one that Phil Helmuth is involved in, so uh, we will talk about a couple of things when we come back. You're listening to Poker Action Line, and uh, we'll be back right after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. This is Big Dave for PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Want to know what's really cool? Your charitable tax-deductible donation every time you play. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com, the feel-good gateway to fun and prizes. Play free. Learn our system. Get 50,000 free chips and play for prizes. Play for scholarships that benefit Caribbean students. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Take it from Big Dave. A win for you is a donation to Caribbean education. PlaceYourChipsCaribbean.com. Great party, huh, guys? Yeah, oh, yeah this is so great. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do say so myself. Um, hey, did you know that birthday parties actually help build confidence in kids? Um, yeah, I did know that. Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better? Right, of course. Yeah, I knew that. Um, Did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends? (laughs) Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Pretty obvious. Yeah, Yeah, so obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. I think I knew that. No, no, you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. WFO Radio NHRA Nitro is all about the NHRA Drag Racing Series. Featuring the NHRA's Alan Reinhardt. Race winners stop by to talk about bringing home the Wally. Every Tuesday night, following NHRA national events, NHRA Nitro is available on demand anytime on the WFO radio application and at WFORadio.com. Back to the show, Big Dave and Joe, a $100,000 prop bet. Involving pitch black solitary confinement for one of the uh, contestants, uh, Rory Young challenged Rich Alati uh, to last 30 days in a room with no light. He would be delivered food and was every three to six days, although they did it on an uneven schedule, so he couldn't tell how long, far along he was in the competition. Uh, no light in the room, but he did have... Uh, he did have a toilet and shower, which he could have a little privacy. They did have some cameras in on the room so his family and friends could keep an eye on him a little bit. But he had some privacy for toilet and shower, and he had a refrigerator to keep the food in. So they delivered him food every three to six days, and uh, the deal was he had to last 30 days without begging out. Uh, 100000 to the winner. Well, uh, a couple of times uh, Young got a chance to talk to Aladi. Uh, you know, on a, on a uh, scheduled break, I had a couple, three breaks, and 
20 days into the event, they had a buyout. So it lasted 20 days. So whoever and you would proposed think that, the bet yeah, you, had to do the buyout. Well, After you, you told me 20 yeah. days, that, that means this guy had to say, I'm going to last another 10 yeah, days. Yeah, he was, he was really in great shape. And when uh, Roar Young, who had $100,000 on the line, decided he was going to try to buy out of the uh, event because he saw that there was uh, the resolve and the shape he was in, the good spirits, uh, that he was definitely going to make it. So he offered him 25000 to buy out. A lot he refused. I would have said no. Also, if I'm if I'm in for twenty, he's, he's two thirds of the way through. Yeah. So they uh, eventually negotiated, and the final payout was sixty two thousand four hundred dollars. That's what it should have been, right around sixty three percent, sixty six percent. So a lot he lasted the twenty days. Said there was not going to be a problem uh, making it through to the end. Uh, he was in excellent condition. A lot of people were worried that it might cause some problems. Uh, you know, the deprivation has uh, caused people to uh, have some problems in the past, but uh, it was not a problem for him. And uh, uh, we thought there was some safety issues there, but uh, people spending even 48 hours in such conditions can often uh, have some problems with their cognitive abilities. So uh, I don't know if he had it to put, wear sunglasses for a few works, days or what? How much you scare yourself. Right, right. So uh, 62500 a buyout after 20 days, and Rich Alotti, 20 days of his life that he'll never get back, but hey, you know, for $3,000 a day, yeah. let me tell you, if he's a great poker player, he may rethink <laughs> that again. Go, I might make that without having to go through this, this craziness. Exactly. So he didn't even really know how much time he had left, but uh, I guess he had some sort of general opinion. Anyway, uh, that did end, and... Uh, you know, I guess the only problem is that it's going to cause a lot of other bets along the way that people trying to get publicity and uh, and uh, make a little extra money on the side. So who knows? Uh, maybe someday they'll push it over the edge where it's going to be a real problem. But uh, this time it wasn't. Hey, like I said, somebody has to agree to it. No one's getting a gun put to their heads. But eventually, like you said, that may that may end that may end with a lot of. Big health issues or somebody absolutely just losing their mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other prop bet I wanted to mention uh, came up where Phil Helmuth uh, made a bet with someone that he could return the serve of a professional tennis player. That he would be given 20 chances and would be able to return the serve. He had even money. Uh, Helmuth bet 7000 and then got laid 8 to 1 uh, for $2,000 that he could win at least one point from the professional player. Wow. The only thing that made it kind of cheapens the whole thing was that uh, the serve would be limited to 80 miles per hour, which is way below a professional oh, serve. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, Andy Rock's been uh, clocked at 155, and uh, most pros serve over 110 to 120. So for the 80, it was him betting um, It was him betting 2,000 and getting odds that he could return it and somehow win a point against the pro. Right. So he actually uh, risked 9,000, 7,000 that he could win a point uh, at 8 to 1. Or I'm sorry, 7,000 at even money that he could return a serve. But that one was not limited at 80. They were both limited at 80. Oh, wow. That's... So uh, 8 to 1 was on the 2,000 that he could win a point. Well, they did, they did film it, and uh, Helmuth won both bets. He said he felt pretty confident when the guy's first serve, he actually got the racket on it. At 80 miles At 80 an hour? Not, it's really it's not a problem. Although, although Helmuth is pretty I, much a beginning tennis player. He's not a, I understand, he's not a good player. But just getting, your ra- just getting it to return, 
I mean, knowing it, it's like a baseball player sitting on a fastball. Once you know that that pitcher is going to be throwing that same, you know, the big reason in fat in baseball is that fastball is moving up, down, side to side, so that takes it off. But when they throw dead red and it doesn't move, it doesn't matter if it comes in at a, at, at ninety, a hundred, a hundred and three. Major League ball players will adjust to it, and the same thing happens with tennis players. You adjust where you're going to sit, stand to receive it. You know, at 80 miles an hour, the the pro has to be able to pinpoint position in there for you not to be able to return that. Yeah, that, I, I, th- I would have put money with Helmuth being able to do that with 20 chances. Well, they actually uh, they 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 did f- uh, shoot it on a, f- a phone video. And uh, he actually blocked one back about, I don't know which one it was, maybe four or five into it. And he blocked one back over the net, winning the bet. And uh, it landed short over the net, and the guy couldn't get to it. So that won both bets And that won both bets on the same point. So uh, uh, he ends up winning 23000 and uh, was rather rather braggadocio, as as you might expect about that. Of course he is, you know, but... uh, I don't know. I, granted, I'm 59. Phil's got to be in his 50s already. 54. No? 54. So, you know, that could be an accomplishment, obviously, at 50, 54 years old. But 80 miles, like you said, that's maybe not 50% of what they usually serve at, but that's probably a good 60, 65% below. Yeah, I, I would Geo? say. According to the Google machine, the average men's tennis player serves at 114 okay. miles per hour. That's what I figured. Okay, so, so then actually it was more like around 70% of what their average is. Right. Yeah, I think the limiting it to 80 is really big here because if we say, yeah, I could hit a major league fastball as long as it's not over 75 miles an hour. That's not really you know, a major league right. fastball. Yeah. Even, so, right, even at 80. Think about it, even at 80... I know that's fast for us. We're not baseball players. Right, but no. Well, if you want to compare, if the average tennis uh, player serves at 114, let's call the average major league fastball in the 90 range. So that would mean even right, even lower speed, 70, 70 maybe even. You're right. And that's almost like a pitching machine. So I think that he definitely the, the 80 mile an hour limit really is what, in my opinion, allowed him to. Well, isn't, to isn't do that, this. Is that the, uh, the the secret of the bet is making a good deal? <laughs> uh, yes, and, and I'm never going to take that away from Phil Helmuth. Yeah, exactly. That's that's why he is who he is. Still to come, uh, the boxing match between uh, the magician and Kevin Hart. <laughs> Kevin Hart's got uh, some anger to take out on somebody, too, I guess, at this point. Anyway, um, Aussie Millions coming up in January, and I want to talk just a little about that, one of the big tournaments of the world, and they keep working harder to make it better and better. Uh, there's plenty of satellites, uh, which is really one of the things they're famous for, uh, to give a lot of players a chance at the main event, which is $10,600 buy-in. Uh, over, over, over half of the 800-player field last year won a seat in a satellite. So uh, that keeps it going and uh, makes it big. Uh, it's going to be at the Crown uh, Casino in uh, Melbourne. Melbourne, Australia. And it starts on January the 15th and lasts all the way through February the 4th. Um, really uh, an iconic festival that uh, has been known as the Vegas of the South uh, in that part of the world. So uh, it's, a, it's a great, great tournament. And, uh, you know, they've had big winners before, including Gus Hansen has won it in the past, uh, Ari Engel. And uh, last year it was uh, Toby Lewis was the winner. He won 1.458 million 
Australian dollars, defeating Stefan Huber and Mike Del Vecchio at the final table. So uh, they have lots of side action and lots of other events, a bunch of big uh, uh, high rollers. The main event starts on January the 27th. There's a couple of $50,000 challenges, a $100,000 challenge, and a 25K PLO event. So uh, a lot of great things. They'll be using the Big Blind Ante this year, which is new this year. And uh, really has been accepted completely in the poker world. And uh, they'll have some fun. We'd like to play that $2,500 horse tournament, right? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a lot of fun. Poker News will cover and uh, beginning the second week of the event. And we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that after the first of the year, no question. Yeah, that, like I said, that's always been one of my favorite tournaments. And the numbers, I think the article that you were showing me earlier, they're expecting larger. Lar- this could be the largest year of entries Absolutely. into their tournaments, which is, you know, that's huge. I think they're hoping for 1,000 players this year, so we'll see what happens uh, in that one. And uh, three starting flights on that one, and uh, the winner to be crowned on Sunday, February 3rd. So last year's 800 entrants were a record. And uh, we'll see if it's top there. One year, uh, Phil Ivey won a bunch of 250Ks uh, over there. So kind of made a name for himself over there. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Michael Lim, the defending champion in the 100K challenge, and the 50K challenge was won by Sam Greenwood. So we'll see what happens uh, there in Australia beginning on January 15th, which is right after uh, a little bit of an overlap, but the the... Poker Stars event, uh, sending a lot of players over there with a platinum pass and should be uh, another great event. So a lot of people will go from the Bahamas right to Australia, I would think. Yeah, they used to overlap a lot more days than they do now, right? I believe so. I think the uh, other one starts on the 10th and gets done about the 18th or 19th, something like that. Which is perfect for the the people who want to play here, obviously, and shoot over to Melbourne. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we'll take another break on the show. Uh, I've got an article by Ed Miller that I want to talk about. Always fun reading his stuff in Card Player and uh, his books, which have been excellent. But he talks about uh, what your opponents are saying to you on the turn. Not verbally, but how their actions and how you can interpret that and whether you want to jump on an action or uh, just get uh, head out of Dodge. You got to. I'm looking forward to it. I've read it. I'm looking forward to talking about it after we come back from the break. Okay. We'll be back. Uh, you can always pick up our show on PokerActionLine.com, uh, iTunes, or SoundCloud. Uh, those are the good places to get the show. The Hold'em Radio Network, you can hear the show. Also, the PokerFuse podcast page, uh, Stitcher.com, or any place you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And uh, just search Poker Action Line. We appreciate uh, a lot of people have tuned into the show uh, over the second half of 2018, and we've really picked up our audience. So we appreciate it if you've been with us. Uh, Been kind of a lull in the guests uh, last few weeks, but we will uh, jump on that over the holidays and try to get some things lined up for the first of the year. But as I've told a lot of people that I I meet, uh, because I've been Uber driving, if, if, if you people didn't know this, and I talk about our show and everything else, um, you know, in our almost nine years, Dave, we've had a, a pretty much a who's who's list of poker. Absolutely. You know, uh, royalty between the old guard, the new guard, and all the wonderful people that that are needed to to have a great poker room. Uh, so, 
you know, even though we haven't had some of the guests that we've wanted at the end of this year, go back and listen to some of our unbelievable shows. And uh, you'll hear my partner here, who always does a tremendous job of interviewing our guests. You're going to enjoy a lot of that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, let's take a break then. We'll be back. We'll talk about the Ed Miller article and uh, anything else we can come up here in the remainder of the show. Thanks for being with us tonight. We'll be back after these messages. This is Poker Action Live. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Hi, I'm Drew Brees, NFL quarterback for the New Orleans Saints, here with Bugs Bunny to remind you to get moving every day. Because when you get moving an hour a day, you fuel your body and your mind. So what do you like to throw around the football like Drew? Skateboard, ride a bike, or dance in your room. Just move it your way. And be a player. Get up and play an hour a day, Doc. Check out how to be a player at Let'smove.gov. Head online to get tips on great ways to get moving every day. At Let'smove.gov. A message from the Ad Council and HHS. Welcome back to the show. After that uh, bicycle tournament in Los Angeles uh, for the World Series of Poker Circuit, they have moved on now to the uh, uh, IP Biloxi uh, for their main event is underway. And, uh, in fact, it was just concluded today. Kevin Johnson was the winner just uh, a little while ago, defeated Luke Graham in head-to-head play. And uh, they finished things up. So, um, another tournament. This kind of brings it to an end, uh, the 2018 season. Uh, they will move back uh, to getting underway in January. On the 2nd, kicks off a tournament at the Choctaw in Durant, Oklahoma. Uh, outside the Dallas area, January 2nd through the 14th, uh, overlapping with Thunder Valley, which is out in the Sacramento area, January 10th through the 21st. And that will kind of overlap as well with the last part of that tournament with the Horseshoe Tunica in uh, Mississippi. So uh, 
a pretty full uh, January. And then they'll be heading back here to South Florida in February, February 7th through the 18th at the Seminole Coconut Creek Casino, which is uh, north side of Fort Lauderdale. And uh, in between Tunica and the Coconut Creek will be a tournament in Milwaukee at the Potawatomi Indian Reservation. And following the Seminole Coconut Creek, they'll be headed out to the Rio in Las Vegas. So full schedule for the WSOP circuit. Uh, WPT still uh, putting together their schedule for 2019 as we speak, and uh, there'll be some good tournaments there as well. So we'll follow all this stuff besides the PCA and the Aussie Millions. And before you know it, we'll be headed back out to Vegas for the for the Rio and uh, the Summer World Series of Poker and uh, crown a champion to uh, take the place of John John Sin. Yeah, and that was that was an excellent. Uh, it was a great year. I like fun. the last two years have been a lot of fun. Yeah, the final. John Hasp, Tony Miles, a lot of uh, players that yeah, we colorful, never heard of. Colorful poker players. Absolutely, absolutely. And and a lot of great play from these young people. And you know, I, you know, the drama. I thought the drama kind of would wear off a little bit, but you know, with uh, and. I forgot his gentleman. I, for some reason, I keep forgetting it. Gentleman who finished back-to-back years in ninth place. Oh, uh, Mark Newhouse. Newhouse, okay. And, uh, you know, Sin being a person who finished two years ago in 11th and coming back and winning it this year. Like you said, has a lot, a lot of great play. It's just, it really has been tremendous yeah. poker. Well, we went from the uh, the evil of, uh, of Kasuf two yeah. years ago. To uh, John Hesp, that was such a joy to watch, and then Tony Miles, I thought, kind of filled that bill last year, so uh, last summer. So uh, you know, we meet new people, uh, always going along, and there's always something interesting happen. You get a few stars mixed in, uh, Negranu or somebody. Yeah, and you and I, and you and I are, you know, we're we're we're, we're too damn close to sixty to, <laughs> to feel comfortable. But wasn't it? Was it la- not this past year, but the year before that we had, or two year, or three final tables. We had a 70-year-old, and then we had um, what's oh, Pierre name? Newville and, and uh, uh, the gentleman who lives now here in South Florida. Oh, uh, Neil uh, Blumenfield. Uh, yep, exactly. And it's nice because for many years, we didn't get anybody. Maybe the old person was somebody who was maybe nearing 40 years of age. Still haven't had a woman at the final table. No, it, I mean, we had that one year where year. we had them finishing, what was it, 11th and 10th? 10th and 11th, yeah. And that's probably the next. And I'll tell you what. Now that you mentioned that, Dave, I think if that happens in the very near future, you, that might spike the numbers that we've been wanting to see I hope of, so. of women entry. Yeah, I got to think that. you're right about that. Uh, let's get to this article by Ed Miller. It's called What Your Opponents Are Saying on the Turn. And it, I guess it's kind of directed at uh, cash games, small stakes especially. Uh, but he talks about how uh, the turn on a hand is a, a critical point. That uh, where the action starts to get big, and it's often where people abandon some of their maneuvering and posturing they do pre-flop or, or at the flop. So uh, he talks about lines that people may be thinking. They don't actually say them out loud, but here's kind of what you can tell they're thinking when certain things happen. Uh, first one is, I'm worried about getting drawn out on. And, you know, I- I've thought about that many times. I've seen it with the bets out there. I've been guilty of that myself. You know, you you flopped a very good hand, but it's a very strong, heavy hand. You know, let, let, say you have pocket kings, Dave, and that flop comes king, jack, queen, right. with two two suited cards. Right. Yeah, you flop top set, but that's a scary flop. 
because you know somebody's sitting with an ace. Someone may have already flipped a straight on you. I mean, uh, flopped a straight on you. So you will see some strange bets there. And usually if you see an, an overly aggressive bet there, that opponent is so worried that someone is going to draw out on them. Well, he's talking about on the turn is when the scare card might come. The third uh, number of uh, member of a suit. Right. Okay. So let's say it came king queen seven with two suited cards, and now you get a jack on the turn. <laughs> it's not the suited card, but now you might have two suits out. You know, two double suited uh, cards out there, along with a very coordinated straight board out there, and. Yeah, you see some strange bets from people who have flopped a very good hand. And he says a lot of times you'll see an extra large-sized bet from a player uh, who bets, say, 20 on pre-flop, 40 on the flop, maybe 60 to 80 on the turn normally. But this time he bets 120, uh, maybe trying to uh, get people out of the hand so he doesn't have to worry about that, that river card that can really cost him. Yeah, and and, you know, again... Even 120, depending on how much is in that pot, may not quite be enough to get some of those people out. Because if you've got a flush draw and a straight draw, you know, 120 into a pot that may have three, 400 with now the 120 in there, a lot of people are going to take that shot. I've seen people get very overly aggressive on that. Because they, they don't just want anybody drawing out on them. They'll take whatever's in the pot at that point. He says if you make this read, it's often good if, say, like the fourth uh, card to a flush comes the on, the, on the river. Is, yeah, right. Uh, the, or, the, or the straight, as you mentioned, that that he you kind of know that they'll be uh, expecting that you called the turn trying to draw to a certain card and that maybe you got it. And, and now, then you can really get that And out. now the pressure, now now it's reversed. Because if you read your opponent correctly, whether you hit it or not, it all depends on what type of player he is, Dave. Yeah. If you figure this guy's got a set, you know, this guy's definitely got a set. He doesn't want somebody drawing out. And like you said, uh, uh, a fourth flush card or even if it's not a fourth flush card, but a, a flush gets put up there, three flush cards, along with, you know, four to a straight. Now you could put so much pressure on him because you know that this person was not has no flush draw and no straight draws. He was hoping for that board to pair. Now you put so much pressure on them, are they willing to take that chance? Yeah, exactly. And and that's something that I've thought about, but, you know, when you see it in print and when Ed puts it out there, you know, it, it adds an, a, a, a little different uh, arsenal to your game there. Exactly. The second thing you might read them saying is, I don't want to play a big pot. Uh, often this is... Uh, a betting pattern where the player has been driving the betting while in position and then chooses to check behind on the turn. So you can tell that he doesn't want the inflated pot, uh, and you can uh, play accordingly that way. So uh, um, these players are often vulnerable to an overbet, so you can bet two or 300 instead of the 60 that you might normally play, and since he doesn't want to play a big pot, then you're forcing him out of the hand. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that where people use that also to entice someone to make a bet on the river because they've just hit a monster on the turn, right. and they're giving you that sign off. But yeah, that's a. I would have to say that eighty-five, ninety percent, if not more, that's exactly correct. What I'd said there. Right. Uh, the third thing they might be saying uh, with their actions is, "I'm taking a shot at the pot." Uh, Many players will take one good shot on the turn. They know they may win or may not, but they figure it will work out often enough to justify the play. 
Yeah, well, when I think of that, I think of uh, Stu Unger always saying, you know, one, you know, most people will fire one bullet into into a pot, you know, meaning one bluff. Few people will fire two. He goes, only the crazies fire three. And he goes, and that's where I'm at. You know, I remember <laughs> reading something along those. I'm not quoting it exactly, but, you know, Stu Unger used to put all his opponents to an extreme test. And on top of just being a great poker player, he was great at reading people in poker. And uh, I think, I don't know if he's addressing it exactly like that, but I think that's so similar to what he's saying there in that last one. Absolutely. Uh, another thing they might be saying, you might want to fold now. Uh, some turn plays, he says, are real power moves, almost never bluffs in small stakes. Uh, the flop bet, turn, check, raise uh, is usually screaming at you to fold. Uh, let's say an opponent open raises pre-flop. You call. The flop has two clubs. Your opponent bets and you call. The third or the turn is a low third club, and your opponent checks. You bet 70. Your opponent makes it 210. Uh, he probably has the nuts. Yeah. In a small stakes game, yeah, absolutely. In a high level game, he they're making it's so many anything. different moves that it's a different it's a different game altogether. But yeah, that's been my experience also in small small stakes games. If someone's willing to risk that after a check raise, you know, unless you know this player to be a complete maniac at the table, uh, yeah, that nine out of ten times that opponent's telling you, come on in. <laughs> Please call me. The smarter play would probably be, but like I, I don't know if Ed addressed this or not in his article. But some of the smarter ones who are trying to get some value, instead of you know doing doing that seventy to two ten, will do like a a one fifty one sixty to kind of make it look like it's a scared bet, and that usually means even stronger that that person has the nuts at right, that point. Right. Uh, another thing they might say uh, is, uh, I'm probably not calling the river. And he said this often comes up when the flop is draw heavy. The turn card connects with the board in some way. Uh, if your opponent calls you on a turn like that, it's often because they have a medium strength hand with live draws and they want to see a river. If they don't improve, however, they'll fold. Uh, he said there is an option, of course, that uh, someone may have the nuts and they plan on bombing the river. Yeah, and that's always that's always a possibility. Just got to know how to do that. Uh, I think Ed Miller's just addressing the normal uh, mindset that some of these players have. Right. Uh, so a lot of times you just got to read these things that they say. Um, this is where you become, I guess, a really good player when you uh, you know you you see people falling into some. Things that they don't really feel like they're giving away information, but you're getting that information from them without thinking too much and, and just by how they're acting. Okay, and one thing that I'm realizing with this article and 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 uh, you know concepts that Ed, Ed, Ed Miller's trying to give you to think about is the same strategy that started to improve my game and probably started to improve a lot of people. He's just given a lot of reasonings behind it. But I remember, and I wish I could give credit to whoever wrote it in Card Player because I know that's where I got it, was you want to start improving your game, start putting people on hands. Right. And it's similar to what you're doing here, that this person make this move because of this. And obviously you don't get to see a showdown at, at every hand, but when you do... You know, once you start paying attention and and reading your opponents, which I think is what Ed Miller's article is mostly about, uh, explaining specific reasonings for it, 
once you start putting people on the proper hands, your game starts to improve, and you start to notice a lot of these same scenarios that Ed Miller is talking about here. Right. He says players are giving away this information based on the situation and how they're acting. Uh, so you need to think more than one street at a time, which is what a lot of players uh, simply do. Is just uh, uh, don't plan ahead on what can happen if I get called, if I get raised, this and that. You're thinking ahead two or three streets sometimes. Uh, the average player is just taking them one at a time, looking at the card they got, whether it helped them or hurt them, and uh, not really thinking ahead. So that's where you Yeah, that's advantage. where he's talking about where if a fourth flush card or right. four to a straight comes out, that you're already thinking, I know I could put enough pressure on this particular person who's who's been leading the betting out every single time uh, to get them off that hand. Right. And, yeah, that's, that's advanced thinking and... and He's talking about in the smaller state games, the, the, the larger state games, players are already at that level. The, the elite players, obviously, are already well past that level. They're, they're even thinking four or five steps because they're thinking he's going to come back at me after I do this. And it, and it becomes a chess match with, with poker cards. Right, absolutely. Uh, interesting. Um, I'm not sure if I can ever get to that level, to be honest. Uh, I guess it's reading and playing. I, I don't feel like I have enough time to play to really get that good. I guess it just takes time and, uh, you know, along with study and, and uh, maybe a little instruction here and there. Well, we've always discussed the competitive. For me, what it was was, one, I thought I was a good enough poker player. Then I realized I was nowhere near it in the games that I was playing at. And... I took that as a challenge because I was always very competitive in all the different sports that I played as a young man, you know, as a young boy growing up to a young man. And poker just became one more of, the, one more of that. And I saw that I had the advantage since I had a mindset to remember what people had and certain things on how they played. But as we've mentioned on this show and as top pros have always said, there's so much involved in how you play poker that it's not just the cards, it's not just the mentality, it's position. And I took that upon a challenge to myself. So if you think that you can be superior to these players with just putting in a little extra time and study and, and, and just working it out at the tables and making sure your reads are correct, yeah. It, but it's a lot of hard work, as you know. It's yeah, a absolutely. lot of hard work, and some people just can't do that. They, they, don't, they don't have the mental focus for that. Or, or their family life and their personal life just doesn't allow them to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, we'll take a final break on the program. When we return, we'll finish things up. We'll maybe take a quick look at what's coming up here in South Florida uh, toward the end of this year and after the first of the year. And then uh, we'll be moving right along with our best of shows as we put those together here for as we close out the, uh, the 2018 uh, fiscal year. And... Uh, Look forward to uh, having a lot more fun in 2019 as well. So stick around. We'll finish things up, Joe and I. And uh, we'll be back after these messages on Poker Action Line. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. 
You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. Final segment of the show. Take a look at what's coming up here in South Florida, but I want to ask Joe uh, if he plans ahead for 2019, what you'd like to do with your game. I mean, obviously we're doing the show. Uh, you know, you're looking forward to maybe uh, getting back to work after the first year, depending on what uh, comes around in this town. Uh, a lot of things changing in this town. Um, you know, we could have uh, poker at Calder somewhere in 2019. Uh, talking about trying to get a room opened in uh, downtown Miami in the Edgewood area uh, run by Magic City. Uh, Miami Highlight uh, was just sold uh, to uh, Phil Ruffin who owns the Treasure Island, and I, I can pretty much guarantee that they're going to reopen a poker room in 2019. So uh, a lot of things happening, and work could get in the way. But if you had a chance to, uh, to decide play, what you, you want to do to play, yeah, what would you do I would in, love in to be able to have Would you the wait shot. till the series, or would you, would you try to take no, a couple well, of these smaller tournaments? No, well, first of tournaments? all, I haven't played enough live over the last few years, obviously between being a poker room uh, manager for so many years and just like I've said before, I don't feel comfortable playing in other rooms here locally, and I didn't get a chance to travel to do that. But I would, I would love to be able to get out there and. I mean, I used to play, Dave. I used to play 25 to 40 hours a week of poker live. Mostly in private games many years ago, and but I love that I was second, making. There's not and a lot I of can't rooms do in, that in, now. There's not a lot of rooms in Dade County, so you have to drive quite a way to play. No, well, listen, if I wanted to, one thing that I can tell you right now is I know that Mikasuki, which had been planning to renovate and open up a room, which is five miles from my house, that's been put on the back burner for, and, and they may never bring poker back. They are open now, aren't they? Or no, no, there's been no poker. Well, they had lucky maybe there's two no or poker. three tables open. Uh, they, no, they well, listen, they they were doing well enough that I know that some of the dealers were making decent money. You know, their numbers are never known to the to the public here because they don't have to publish their numbers. But uh, that room is definitely down. Calder's down. So in Dade County, the only two poker places, actually three, you have Kings Court down in Homestead. And 
the Hialeah, uh, which is the number one room, I believe, in Dade County, and then you have Magic City. Right. Hi, uh, Miami High Life. You know, the talk is that they will be reopening in a few months, uh, and I believe that to be true. Uh, will be another option, but even 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 if I, even if I wanted to play somewhere else. What am I traveling? Half an hour, to, and yeah. I could still hit six, seven, eight rooms. I mean, you know, right. Dania, Dania was probably one of the furthest north where I was working at, and it would only take me about 35 minutes bad. to yeah. get to work That's in so the bad. morning at the, at the right time. As long as you don't go out in morning drive or uh, afternoon Right. Drive. It all depends exactly when you schedule your time there. Are you going at rush hour in the morning or at, or at night? The hard rock is less than half an hour if there's no traffic from my house, so... Uh, it isn't because of lack of opportunity. Right. It is out there. It's lack of time, and you know where I'm at in my life right now with my family, and uh, you know my daughters are already grown and have all their degrees and everything else. But now m- my wife and I are in the grandpa mode, in the uh, grandparents <laughs> mode, you know. And having watched, have you, I don't know if you've seen the movie Parental Guidance. Have if anybody has seen that with Billy Crystal and. Um, Bette Midler, where they were considered the other grandparents. And when we saw that movie, my wife and I wanted to make sure that we were never the other grandparents, where there's one picture of you and and your grandchild and the other grandparents have a hundred in their house. So uh, that's kind of taken over the focus. But I definitely would love to have it. it, I think it's going to be more at the time of when I retire. But if I had a wish this year, yeah, I'd love to be able to get back out there and play 15 to 20 hours live at, at any of the poker rooms and give myself that chance that I've always wanted to. But uh, family responsibility yeah. and work responsibility have always come first over the last 15, 20 years when that was kind of my window to really do something. I don't think we've ever played at the same table, have we ever? Yes, we have. We've played a couple of tournaments in the same table. You and I have never played. We played at the same table at a tournament in Dania many years ago that Nick Sorrell oh, was right, at. Right, right. It was a Dan Lebertard special. I remember that's the first time I saw Dan Lebertard and his brother together. Um, and then we we did not play at the same table in the horse tournament up at the Palm Beach Kennel Club, but we did play in the same tournament. Right. But we did play on that same table. Yeah. Well, let's do that in 2019. That would be nice. That would let's be take a Tuesday nice. night, go play a horse tournament at the aisle. That works for me, brother. Okay. That works for me. Okay. Coming up at the Seminole Hard Rock right after Christmas, we got the Fun in the Sun Poker Open. Kicks off with a uh, $250 buying event on Wednesday, December 26th. The main event of the Little Short Series will take place uh, on... Uh, uh, I guess that would be on uh, Saturday, December the 29th. The main event... Uh, We'll have some uh, seats uh, into, uh, uh, actually the main event is on the 30th, which is 11 o'clock start. So we'll have a satellite to get you some seats into that the day before. And then there's five events total. Then if you want to look ahead to the uh, Lucky Hearts Open, which starts on January the 10th, the main event is January the 17th. Uh, begins on the 17th, and uh, that will have some um, WPT ramifications in uh, filming as well. So uh, looking forward to covering that. The 10th through the 22nd is the Lucky Hearts, and then uh, we'll move right into the uh, circuit event up at the Coconut Creek and a lot of great stuff after the first of the year. So we'll have some fun there. 
Hope you'll continue to join us on the program, Poker Action Line, and look forward to uh, having a great holiday season for everybody and uh, a happy new year because we won't talk to you until we're back after yeah. the first. This is our last show for 2018. and Our last live show. Our last live show, excuse me. Last live show as we will be doing best stuff for our next two uh, Mondays. But I'd like to wish all our listeners a happy holiday uh, for them and their families and a happy new year and a healthy new year. And uh, hopefully all your poker uh, dreams will come true in 2019 if you don't get them coming here at the at the end of this year. But I just want to thank all our listeners. I'd like to thank Gio and his and wish him and his family happy holidays, uh, happy new year, also uh, and healthy one for them and for Joe, who's uh, you know whose studio we do this at, and Mr. Dave. To you, all the best as always. Well, thank you so much. Gio, thank you for me as well. I uh, appreciate the work you do every week on the show to get it on the air for us and uh, on to all the uh, services where people can listen to the program. So we appreciate it. Drop us a line if you get a ta- chance. Big Dave at PokerActionLine.com. Love to hear from you. And we'll try to get in a few things that you're looking for to happen after the first of the year. Thanks for being with us. We'll catch you next week on our best of show, uh, part one, next week. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.